How can you protect yourself from severe, unnecessary problems? How can you keep your sons and daughters from ever having to come and receive counseling? How can you, as a mom or dad, what could you do, what could you develop in your life that you keep you out of our counseling situation? I've been counseling at this office for 13 years. I counseled missionaries for another 12 years before that, just missionaries alone. And I can tell you over all those years and taught counseling in, in Bible colleges that if you develop this particular quality, you will not need counseling. And every single person, whether professional Christians or regular, you know, everyday Christians, they do not have this quality in their life. They have to develop intimacy with God. Those who have intimacy with God will not need, you may need some advice, but you won't need counseling. How can I develop intimacy with God? How will that happen? That intimacy happens by developing a meaningful prayer life or a life of prayer. Um, and I want to share some things about prayer and how to do this. Gregory said, the effect of prayer is union with God. And if someone is with God, he is separated from the enemy. Those who live in the presence of God will not sense a lot of strong enemy involvement. We're going to see later on, the enemy doesn't want me to go there. You want to develop a life of prayer, you're going to come under attack. But once you're in prayer and in God's presence, it's a place that frees you from the enemy. Interesting question. A Christian asked uh, this man, who taught you to pray? One of the uh, third century, second century Christian. He said, who taught me to pray? The demons. They tempted me so badly that I could only my, defend myself from them by constantly resorting to prayer. Now, prayer is not that which is found only in the mouth, but that which springs from the bottom of the heart. A brethren also asked Agathon, amongst all the good works, which is virtue, which requires the greatest effort? Of all the virtuous things you could do for God, what requires the greatest effort? He answered, forgive me. I think there is no labor greater than that of prayer to God. For every time a man wants to pray, his enemies, the demons, want to prevent him. For they know that it is only by turning him from prayer that they can hinder his journey with God. Whatever work a man undertakes, if he preserves in it, perseveres in it, he will attain rest. But, by, but prayer is warfare to the very last breath. Prayer coming out of the bottom of the heart, Psalms 128.9 says, out of the depths I've cried unto you. And Bill has done a lot and shared with us about crying from our heart. 
There is prayer sometimes that springs from our heart that if we would put it in words, it would break the back of prayer. There's times when you're in the presence of God and that which is so on your heart that you can't put it in words. You just open your heart to God. So God said, out of the depths, David cried, I cried to God. And that's really called the cry out of the depths of darkness. Just crying out to God from the depths of your heart. Prayer is the raising of the mind and the heart to God in praise and thanksgiving. And other times when we pray, your prayer will be full of rejoicing and praises to God. We cannot know God if we're always in motion. Busyness can be the greatest hindrance for you as a mom and dad developing a prayer life. Successful ministry has robbed many missionaries, pastors, Christian leaders from intimacy with God. They're so involved. Often, uh, uh, success without intimacy will ultimately lead to failure. And some major organizations have failed and crumbled because they turned from developing the prayer aspect of that ministry because they were so successful and so busy. If Jesus found it necessary to guard his time carefully for quiet and communion with God, after the feeding of the 5,000s and healing all these kinds of people, Jesus went into the mountains by himself to pray. He went apart to pray. If this was important with Jesus, then how much more should we? And we give our counselees a book when they come to the office to start working through, and it's called The Secret Closet of Prayer by Burr. That book is on the book table there in the back. And of the hundreds of books of prayer that I've collected over the last few years, that book is one of the all-around best books on prayer that you could own. So out of the 500 and some books that I now have read through about prayer, that particular book is worth having. I know many of you have it, uh, but get a hold of it. It's a wonderful book, and it's here right behind you on that table so you can get it. If a man cannot be alone, he doesn't know who he is. A Christian that I admire very much in his walk with God said, without solitude, it is virtually impossible to live a spiritual life. There's got to be times to get alone. God said, be still and know that I am God. But when you get alone with God and you want to be in stillness, all kinds of thoughts, all kinds of things will flood your mind. The enemy doesn't want you to spend time in quietness with God. And so uh, often what I do then is this is coming on, if it comes on very, very strongly, I will take the Word of God and begin to read so I can get focused, my mind, on God and on prayer. Prayer is to stand before God. To pray is to wait upon God, not only to speak to God, but also to listen in silence. 
Calvin Miller is one of my favorite authors. Uh, I like the way he writes. I like how he says. Calvin Miller said this of depression. Our depression often issues as a kind of mental noise. It shrieks, it howls, it drives the last shred of hope from our lives. The most healing restoration of God for depression is his silence. His holy quiet breathes peace, his, pardon me, his holy quiet in wondrous stillness heals the inner discord of our depression. It breathes, breathes peace above our stormy wranglings. The peace comes reeking out of the darkness, seeking, crying, peace be still. The light of God then drives the darkness. His splitting sunlight washes over our dark moods and joy is born for Christ is all sufficient. God's silences are some of the most wonderful experiences you could have. There are three kinds of silences. The first is the silence of the body. The second is the silence of the tongue. The third is the silence in the soul. This silence will bring us in touch with God. We're going to begin to look at prayer. And this particular verse, when I read it and prayed about Knoxville, God would not let me get away from this. Andrew Murray said something so vitally important. It, it answered, why have I most of my life struggled with prayer? Oh, when you're in ministry and you travel all over, yes, I prayed but I was not a man of prayer. And this is so important. Parents, if your children do not learn to pray when they are young, they will struggle with prayer the rest of their life. Dr. Um, Ted Randall, who was president of Prairie Bible Institute, came to Child Evangelism Fellowship when I was uh, one of the vice presidents there, and he shared this. His, one of the things he studied, a very major study he studied, was the revivals, the major revivals of the world. And he said, you realize that the major revival of the world were the result of children and young people praying. And he went from one revival to another, quoting books where young people prayed and God answered and marvelous revivals came to nations. Um, I think children are, are so wonderful to teach children to pray because they don't doubt, right? I mean, children just believe God. You know, they pray about it, and that's it. Um, and sometimes you say, oh, Lord, I just wish, you know, I had the faith of my child. The Lord's Prayer is a model prayer. We are going to spin off this prayer in so many different ways that I trust maybe there's ways you've never seen the Lord's Prayer before. But this is the model prayer, and this is the prayer we should teach our children. But I want to say this. You cannot teach your children to do what you have not put in practice yourself. I didn't know the young people were going to be in here. So basically, I'm talking to you, mom and dad, that God would motivate you to develop a prayer life using the model prayer that Jesus gave us 
and then the many different ways that you can teach this prayer and use it many different ways with your children. Fifth's model prayer begins with, this is very, this is the simplest you're going to get the Lord's Prayer now. We're going to get deeper and deeper. But it begins with adoration. It begins with God. In the middle, you know, hallowed be his name. In the middle of the prayer, we have thanksgiving, confession, and repentance. That's where me enters in. And then it ends with what? Worship. This prayer begins with God. It goes to me in those three areas. And then it ends with God in worship. I know you're going to be a little frustrated, and I'm sorry. Glory forever, because we're going to go sort of fast. The Lord's Prayer is not a mantra but a pattern or a model. It was never intended to be used. Remember Jesus warned about using it in a vain way or empty repetitions? Here we go. Three-part address. The phrase and the stress. First of all, our, is an interesting, our speaks of community. Our father, not my father, but our father. Oh, he is my father, our father. In the family, he's our father. He's the father of our family. He's the head of our home. Father speaks of relationship. It stresses the relationship in that family. And who art in heaven is authority. Remember when Bill shared about uh, the commands of Christ, go out and disciple everything? What comes before that? Jesus said, all power is given to me in what? Heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. Why did he say all power is giving him in the heaven and on the earth? Where does Satan operate? The Word of God says Satan is a prince of power of the air, and the whole world lies, lies in the wicked one. And Jesus is saying, I have greater power here, and I want you to go out. And without the authority and the power of Christ, we couldn't go because we have one who would oppose us, discipling all nations. There's a three-part commitment here in the Lord's Prayer. The first is, hallowed be thy name. That is a commitment for you and I to a holy life. God wants us to raise what kind of hands? Holy hands. Thy kingdom come. That is a commitment to be involved in establishing the kingdom of God. Our part. Thy will be done. It is a commitment to obedience. Now, obedience always needs to precede understanding. I want to read uh, a statement here about Helen Rosevera. Dr. Rosevera, I have all the books on our life. Dr. Rosevera was a medical missionary from England who served in the Congo when the Mau Mau revolutionaries invaded. This woman wanted nothing more than to serve God and to love others and had committed her life in doing just that. But she was attacked by invading soldiers. She was beaten, she was raped, she was humiliated at the hands of her attackers, and yet she survived that terrible ordeal. During her recovery from the traumatic event, 
Helen struggled with God. How could he let something like that happen to her? His very own servant and child. Finally, after many tears and prayers, she wrote herself a note, a letter from God to herself. Now, God did not say this, but as she wrestled this through, being obedient to God, thy will be done, she wrote this letter, and this is what she said, that she knew that God would tell her, can you thank me for trusting you with this experience? That's an awesome statement, isn't it? God is saying, Helen, can you thank me for trusting you with this experience? Then the next thing she wrote, even if I never tell you why. Beloved, that's faith. Can we must learn to trust God no matter what blessings we've been hearing about or cursing he allows to come in to our life. There's a three-part partition here. The daily bread. Trust God for physical provision. Forgiveness of debts. That word debts is very interesting in the Greek. It really has to do with, with, with uh, trespasses and offenses and so on. And we need to trust God from cleansing of our debt to him because of what we did. And third, a deliverance from evil. Trust for power over temptation. I thought, inter uh, interesting, Augustine said this, we should pray not to be led into evil, but also to be delivered from the evil we've already been led into. I thought that was interesting. Now, Lord, don't deliver me in evil, but right now I've been, I'm in evil. Deliver me from that. Keep, keep me away totally from that. And then the benediction of this prayer, three parts. Thine is the kingdom, focusing on his rule. You know, is he ruling in your life today? Oh, God, you could, you could take just an aspect of this prayer and spend a lot of time praying to God with an aspect of the Lord's Prayer. Another one, focus on God's sufficiency, thy power, God's power. We have seen tremendous, awesome demonstrations of God's power. And then thy glory, focusing on his presence. God said, I will never leave thee, and I will never, never forsake thee. This pattern prayer opens our lives to God and his purpose as we commit ourselves to the advancement of his kingdom. Let's put this in a simple structure. If you wanted to teach your children six ways of prayer, six aspects of prayer. One, worship. Two, surrender to God's will. Three, making necessary petitions. Four, the confession of sin. Five, seeking deliverance from the evil one. And seven, worship and praise. To be able to go alone with God, the infinite God, 
we can look up and say, and this was so thrilling for me to be able to say, my father. Francis Ridley Hagarell, who wrote uh, Like a River Glorious, suggested this, and this thrilled me, for parents on the Lord's Prayer. She said, break one aspect of the Lord's Prayer one day per week, and to focus on an aspect all day. Sunday, hallowed be thy name. See, how can we this day hallow God's name? Get the kids involved. Pray about it. Pray about hallowing His name. Monday, His kingdom come. Father, grant me ways to see today that I may be a part of establishing Your kingdom. Tuesday, Thy will be done. Father, reveal to me Your will today. Empower my life with Your Spirit to carry it out. Wednesday, give us this day our daily bread. Father, I desire to be content with what You've provided and grateful for what has been withheld. One of the most thrilling things that our children ever experienced is when we had nothing to eat in ministry and pray and see God provide the food. So sometimes when it's being withheld is a greater blessing than if it was given to see God provide as answer to prayer. Thursday, forgive us of our trespasses. Father, forgive me for my failure as I choose to forgive the failures of others. Friday, lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Father, please keep evil far from me. You can make a discussion of evil with your kids. What are they facing? Help them to live in the victory of the cross. You can see how you can take one day a week, one of these things, and, and focus on this. And Saturday, to thine be the glory. When I walk in the counseling room, I don't know what I'm going to meet. We have sometimes very demonized people. And I pray, God, be glorified as I go in here. God, what happens in this room? be glorified. May my attitudes, actions, my thoughts and words bring glory to you. What is the chief purpose of man? To glorify God. That's what the Lord's Prayer says. Thine be the glory. Let's go fast with this principle. You have the principle of adoration in this prayer. Praise God for who He is. You have the principle of thanksgiving. Praise God for what He's done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth that is in heaven the prayer principle of affirmation, agreeing and submitting to the will of God, the prayer principle of supplication, and supplication just means urgent prayer, sort of like the rain coming down, you know, sending up the urgency to God. Uh, petitions is where I pray for myself. Intercession is when I pray for others. The prayer principle of confession, the forgiveness of our sin, Lead us the principle of renewal. God, renew me from the, the evil culture, evil society, and so on. God's empowering my life to live in victory. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly, and so on. For thine is the kingdom, the power for go uh, forever, the glory of glorification, seeking to put God first daily in my life, myself in Camboa. Hebrews says, by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. What's the sacrifice of praise? It's to praise God before you have the answers to prayer, to praise God in the midst of very dark circumstances, because God is on the throne. In the beginning, you are led into God's presence by prayer. But now as your prayer continues, that prayer actually becomes his presence. God's reward is reserved for those who seek His heart. 
not his attention. One of the main problems with our prayers is we don't pray. Remember Jesus said, when you pray, says more than if you pray or whenever you are praying. But unfortunately, when you pray begins at a basic starting point and too many people rarely achieve. I can't tell you how many times God has challenged me to a prayer life over my life. I need to do this. I know I need to do this, but I didn't do it. And I really trust that you will see how important it is that you would take this basic prayer model that Jesus gave us and teach your children how to pray. If you have a need, in fact, there's a lot of material we have on the Lord's Prayer in a lot of detail. And if you would like it, if you write our office, we'd be glad or call our office until I get back. Our girl will die if you call her now because she doesn't know I'm offering you this. But we'd be glad to send you all the material we have from various books and various sources on the Lord's Prayer to help you to begin to get your children to understand all the different aspects of prayer and how they can pray. Father, I ask right now that you would bless these families. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would put it upon the heart of mom and dad, not just mom, but dad, to teach the children how to cry out to you, to teach the children how to pray by using the very model that the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. The only request they ever gave, Lord Jesus, we thank you that this model prayer has so many parts, so many principles, so many aspects, that it covers so much of prayer. So we ask you the same thing, Father. Teach us to pray. Amen.